Hey everyone, what's up? It is Jeff from MCS Mag, and welcome to the podcast episode number 253. Now, my training partner, Damon, and I just recently finished up our most recent combat machete camp, where we had about 20 men and women join us for an entire weekend of hacking, slashing, and even double machete fighting tactics. And I love it when our attendees amaze even themselves about how effective they can be with using the machete as a weapon. Well, I thought this would be a great opportunity to bring Damon back onto our show to cover a topic that I love to teach in our camps, and it's so effective once you know how to do it. Those tactics are all coming right up, but first, don't forget to go and download this week's free show notes covering all the main points in a handy-dandy one-page cheat sheet. All you have to do is head on over to www.moderncombatandsurvival.com slash 253 and download it all absolutely free. And now, let's talk tactics. Tactical firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. This, this is another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is Modern Combat and Survival. Okay, if you've been following my writings for longer than anywhere like a week, then you probably figured out that I'm sort of a machete freak. Not only do I consider the machete to be one of the most effective do-it-all survival tools that every prepared citizen should have attached to their bug-out bag, but to me, the machete is the ultimate survival weapon when firearms aren't an option. And there are plenty of reasons that a firearm might not be an option in extreme survival environments and scenarios. But just like a firearm, the machete is most powerful when it's in the hands of a fighter trained in its use for life or death combat. That's why several years ago, my training partner and I combined our collective years in edge weapon combatives and developed our own unique combat machete fighting system. Now, when most people think about the machete as a weapon, they think of it simply as a hacking blade used at a distance in order to take advantage of a much longer reach the machete has over other melee weapons, such as a knife. But the fact is the machete can be just as deadly effective at distances where you can't swing your weapon as you normally would but only if you know how to use it under these extreme close combat conditions. And that, my friends, is exactly what we're going to discover right now. Hello, everyone. This is Jeff Anderson, editor for Modern Combat Survival Magazine and executive director of the New World Patriot Alliance with another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. And with me today is my friend, training partner, and, as I said, co-creator of the Combat Machete Fighting System, Damon Stith. Damon, welcome to the program, man. Hey, Jeff. Hey, it's great hearing from you again. Yeah, it hasn't been that long, all right? We just got done with a big training camp, combat machete training camp. So um, this is nice. coming right off the heels of that. Um, listen, everybody, uh, Damon is a combatives and bladed weapon expert who began his love with the martial arts at the age of six when his father gave him his first toy sword. And from that day on, the way of the warrior became his path and his passion. Influenced by the Japanese samurai blade master Miyamoto Musashi, I always mess up that name, man. <laughs> and his studies in Kali, Salat, and African fighting arts such as Zulu and Kalenda stick fighting and African machete fighting. Daman has integrated these tactics to train others in hand-to-hand -hand and bladed combat, including, as I said, working with me to co-create our own combat machete fighting system. Daman has also created his own capoeira group and is currently devoted to researching and resurrecting the warrior arts of Africa's medieval past and producing safe, unique, edged weapon training aids for those people that want to train in these types of systems. Now, you can learn more about Damon, his training, and his line of training weapons by visiting him online at www.silentsword.org. All right, Damon, so 
like I said, we just got back from our uh, from our combat machete camp. It wasn't that long ago, and and I love these these camps because we really get a chance to try out new things, and and um, we're constantly evolving this thing, and 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 I'm really really excited here because um, when it comes to machete fighting, like I said, most people are thinking of this thing just like you you just haul back and you whack away at it as if you were chopping wood. And so what I wanted to do, um, everybody out there, Damon and I just chose just four techniques that we're going to go over today. That are that are there for extreme close quarters situations. So these are these are when you know most people would freeze up because they're used to using a machete or they would think to use a machete when they can get like a distance and 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 hack away at somebody, but they lock up when they're in close quarters and don't think that really has a very effective use to it. But it actually does. So we have four here that we're going to go over that are going to train you in things that you can do, tactics that you can use a machete in extreme close quarters combat. So, Damon, I'm going to go ahead and let you take the first one here, and um, go ahead and explain to everybody one just uh, tactic number one for close combat machete fighting. All right. So, tactic number one for close quarters machete fighting is going to be small cuts. So, um, <clears throat> typically, again, just to reiterate what Jeff was saying, typically we think of the machete as like a hacking a hacking tool at a distance, and um, what we find is that in close quarters, you can take advantage of of doing uh, cuts and strikes and movements uh, that sap strength and take away the will uh, from your opponent to continue the fight. Um, it, it's definitely a more subtle uh, a more subtle um, approach to the machete, but um, any small cuts to say the face region. Uh, to the the hands and arms inside of the arms inside of the leg, uh, these will be really good techniques to, like I said, to either to deter the t your opponent or to just take away their will to to want to fight. Yeah, this is something I really learned from you when we were developing the combat machete fighting system. And one of the things that I found really um, useful about this, I mean, thinking about. Um, like the, you can use any part of the blade, but your use of like the last, eh, like say four to six inches of it and having your hand on the back of that machete, one of the things I, I noticed first when you started showing me the inside small cuts was how you can just kind of position, like even if you just positioned that tip of the machete, let's say against the neck or against the inside of the arm when you're kind of right. like really like like really up close against somebody is that you can yeah. still have your hand on the grip. And when you, you kind of pull back on it while pushing in with the tip of the blade with your hand, that pulling yeah. back with the grip is really what like, it makes that slice there that normally you wouldn't think to do that. Or if you were trying to use your hand up near the tip there, that's kind of hard. Like you really, you have to use like all of your strength to try and get that tip in there. But the use of that other hand that's not close enough, that's not close to the body and using that as kind of like a leverage, like, like basically just pulling it toward you allows that right. slice there. And I was really amazed at all the different targets that, that you, you use on that inside small cuts. Well, see, it, it builds off also off a very simple principle. Like even if, um, we'll, and we'll go into this a little bit later in the discussion, but like using your hand to reinforce the blade, allows you to make a very strong parry. Now you can use your parries at a long range to work against the blade, but you know, also like, you know, in a, in a life or death situation, you can use that same parry 
you know, closing the distance, and all of a sudden you have a defensive movement that has become an offensive movement. So it's like you're using a reinforced block or a parry to defend against the strikes. Now that allows you this 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 connection with once you have this connection, this bridge with your opponent, then it's like it, it doesn't make sense for you to to range out at that point of time and start using the the, the machete in, at, in the same way that you would use it in long range, but coming in close and using these smaller movements of the body to give you these deeper, stronger, not just cuts, but also like uh, pushes and hits uh, with the blade, if that makes any sense. So I have to have to demonstrate what I'm talking about um, in live, but it, it offers a different way to deliver um, cuts at a much closer uh, proximity, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, totally. And listen, everybody, I know that this uh, this is a wee bit difficult. Uh, it's not impossible, but um, I, you know, we were are actually going to be getting together soon and filming these things so that you can get a better view of them as well. So we will be doing that. But I think you can you should be able to like kind of imagine, especially those of you that have either seen our combat machete DVDs. Um, you can grab those over at bestsurvivalweapons.com when you uh, sign up for the the survival weapons book. Um, or if you've gone to one of our combat machete camps that we do out in Texas, um, some of you will remember this as well. So you can visualize the, but even if you haven't seen those things, you'll be able to visualize these. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and do uh, tactic number two here, which is the skull crusher. Now, some of you out there, any, anybody that is familiar with any sort of blade work like knife fighting has probably at least heard the word skull crusher before because it's, a, it's typically seen as a design of a knife. Um, I think it started at least at where I first saw the um, the term was from World War II with trench fighting and the and the knives that they used to use had a tip on the back of it that came to a point that allowed somebody to not just use the blade of the knife but also to take that and be able to smash it into somebody's skull and it really can crack the skull and split it and cause a concussion cause them to to black out even cause death you can use the butt of the weapon to be able to do that. Now, you don't find this on a lot of machetes. In fact, I'm, I'm kind of struggling to think about other ones that I've seen, but it was a feature that we did add to our own Guardian machete for this purpose right here. And that's to be able to use it where your blade isn't either the best option for you to use for striking, or if you just have, um, if you're in close quarters, you can't use the blade. You do still have the ability to use to use that um, that end there. Okay, and sometimes even if you do have the ability to swing away, coming in close and using the edge of the or the the skull crusher part of the of the butt of where the handle is is another. It's a it's just a very very powerful technique. All right. So the way you use this is really just if you imagine it just the same way as a knife. If you had a knife, you were holding out in front of you. You were just gripping the handle and it was the knife blade was pointing straight up and the butt of the of the handle was facing down imagine that is a pointed um tip on the end of the handle and so if you think of using it just like a hammer fist where if you were to strike somebody with the bottom part of your fist like a hammer well now you have that impact greatly greatly increased with the aid of that point of the bottom of the uh, of the weapon, so this can be used. We use this a lot for the, especially for those of you that have seen the the videos. Um, if you go ahead and if you imagine swinging into somebody, okay, so you go to swing somebody the way you normally would imagine swinging a machete at them, like you were going to hack them, 
But imagine going past them. Like in other words, it, it didn't hit their body. They either ducked out of the way or, or something like that. And you swung through, but you didn't actually hit their body. From that position now, it, rather than bringing the weapon around and trying to swing again, as my, wep as my hand passes in front of my body and is now past me, so my arm's in front of me, it's so, so, so simple just to take that butt of the weapon and quickly close the distance of your attacker and just smash the, the butt of that weapon straight into their face or their forehead, really any part of their body. But the target here is essentially the face or any part of the face or forehead like that. Reason being that with that point on it, it'll, your, the face and the forehead bleed a lot. Like if you've ever nicked yourself shaving, right? You know it's a bitch to try and get that thing to stop bleeding before you want to get into the, into the traffic jam headed for work. Well, the same thing here. You can really use that. It can be a devastating blow. It can crack a skull. It can crack a, the, um, the bones of the face. It's going to absolutely, if you have the right uh, skull crusher tip on the end of your machete, or even you can do this with a knife also, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to cause a lot of bleeding on the face. And that bleeding is going to freak them out. If you bleed, if they're bleeding from the forehead, it's going to get into their eyes and that salt is going to make their eyes burn. It's going gonna, it's gonna to look horrible. So everybody else around them is not going to want to fight you. So this is um, one of the reasons for this. Now, the other, the other good thing about the skull crusher is that it can even be used in ground fighting. So even if you have somebody on top of you and you, have the, uh, you still have the machete in your hand, and you can hug them into you. If you can get them like close to your body and you have your hand on the outside, whereas you can't really swing that machete toward them, what you can do is just get the butt of the handle in toward like either a pressure point or the back of their head or into the side of their neck. And you can take both hands there and just grab onto the handle and just drive it into the back of their head, the back of their neck, into their neck, um, cause bleeding. You can, you can crush the skull there. You can use it to like quickly pull it, like push it away and pull it back in to be able to strike the back of their head. So even the machete can even be used in ground combat in extreme close quarters. All right. Okay. So that's uh, tactic number one and tactic number two. And of course, um, we have a lot more coming up. We've been talking with Damon Stith of silentsword.org about close quarter tactics for combat machete fighting. All that is coming right up the next, the last two here. But first, check out this special message. In any disaster, crisis, or attack, your life and the life of those you love could solely rest on the survival gear you've acquired. Do you have the proper gear to protect you from the threats you'll face? Whether it's preparing your home against the destruction and mayhem of a city in chaos or you're bugging out to a safer location when a natural disaster forces you from your home, the supplies you have right now could ensure your survival or seal your fate. Don't take the risk. Claim your free copy of our exclusive guide, Survival Gear Secrets, at survivalgearsecrets.com and discover the seven-phase survival gear plan every family must prepare for or face the consequences. Five no-bullshit warning signs that a collapse is headed your way, so you're already in action long before your neighbors even know what hit them. And how to know exactly when it's safer to stay at home and shelter in place. Or get in the family bug out mobile and get the hell out of Dodge. Your fellow citizens may be fine with sleeping in a crowded stadium waiting for FEMA to hand them a granola bar, juice box, and a blankie. But you know 
that no one can protect your family better than you can if you're properly prepared with the right supplies and equipment to ensure your survival. Don't wait until it's too late. Find out what's missing from your survival gear plan by grabbing your free copy of Survival Gear Secrets now at www.survivalgearsecrets.com. And now, back to our show. Okay, we're back with Damon Stith of SilentSword.org chatting about close quarters machete tactics for life or death combat. Now, we've covered two CQC moves already, and we have two more in store for you coming right up now. So, Damon, why don't you go ahead and cover close combat tactic number three with the machete? All right. So, close quarter tactic number three is going to be the face smash um, with the blade. So, now, if you imagine this, so we're, we're talking about um, building off of the idea of, of of the reinforced block, so we actually have our hand on the hilt of the uh, of the handle of the machete, and then our other hand is supporting um, near the tip of the blade. Um, in, in European martial arts, this is referred to as half sorting, and this is kind of a a common thing you'll find in uh, in uh, machete fencing in in the in the Caribbean is that they'll use these reinforced uh, blocks to help get. A very strong position. So what we're doing is we're taking this defensive movement again, and we're applying it, you know, in a very forward aggressive um, motion, like to the face. And it can be used against any other part of the body as well. Because imagine the the you can um, approach this using the edge to um, to cut. Once we impact the body or impact the head or impact the arm, whatever it is we're going for, um, this allows us to go and use the previous technique that I had mentioned um, of the small cuts um, as well. So just imagine that we're moving forward with either the edge or the flat of the machete into the face. Uh, this is going to create, um, one, it's going to hurt. Uh, two, it's going to disrupt our opponent's balance and allow us to go ahead and go into maybe some some takedown uh, techniques. Um, it's going to allow us, to, it's going to create that momentary opening to either get away or to get into a better position um, with our opponent. Uh, it's one of my favorite things to do because it, it builds and is directly related to like the, 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 the old Caribbean stick and machete styles of using those, those strong forward uh, pushing blocks as, um, as not just as defense, but also just as, an, as a very an aggressive um, offensive technique. Yeah, this is kind of like the hockey check move, right? Like where you, where you have like the, the hockey the hockey uh, stick in both hands and you basically just smash somebody across the yeah, yeah, yeah. sort of thing there. Yeah. And, and what exactly. I like about this is that you get like your whole body behind it, right? Like you can right. really just get so much power in here. You're not just talking about your arm and here. You're talking about just like planting those feet and just smashing this thing into thing. Yeah. What I like about like you said, you can – go ahead. No, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, what I like about this is, like, um, the machete has a lot of non-lethal moves to it that, you know, it's not like you want to chop every zombie's head off out there, right? And there's always going to be rule of law, usually, unless it's, like, a true, like, okay, the end of the world as we know it sort of thing. But um, but you can do this with the flat of the blade where you're putting a lot of force in there, but you're not actually cutting or, you know, you might break a bone, you might break their nose, you might take out a few teeth, but you're not slicing their head halfway in, in, in a in one move there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it, it gives you options, you know what I'm saying? Because it, it is something to think about. Like not everybody's in the mindset of like, you know, uh, seeing blood and, and taking heads. 
but it may be it is a simple translatable movement from machete to stick and that you can use it in a non-lethal sense but it's very very effective i mean it um it pretty much it follows a straight line um and you dominate the center line or do not or dominate that that straight line blasting directly to to their to their face um uh it's it's i'm trying to think of a, a comparable you know technique in in boxing or in something in something related but it is a very it's a very good technique to offset to create space uh to disrupt their balance and their leverage to um open up for more lethal or non-lethal or escape movements um it, it's great for it's great for creating space it's great for creating the space and disrupting balance yeah that's a really good point because i mean the the, the machete the machete's most powerful move is where you can actually have the distance there and get your whole body into using right. it as a, you know, as a, as you know, basically hacking at the person and you're right, like in close quarters, if you can use that to get that space there, then you are, you can follow up with a much more powerful strike. Yeah. That's a good point. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, everybody. So the final tactic that we have here for you for close combat machete fighting is, um, is the spinning leg hack. So this is something that I just kind of, it just kind of naturally evolved as we were doing more close in work. I found that when we were, when your body is right up against this other person's, um, especially if they're coming off of some sort of other attack, you close the distance, let's say that you, um, I like to use this really like when I use the, uh, the skull crusher. So I'll come straight in with that skull crusher. I'll have both hands on the weapon. I'll close the distance really quick and just jam that, that tip of the, of the handle straight into their face. But that gets me in close. Now, one of the things about this is that we always assume, just like in every fight, whether it's firearms or whether it's hand-to-hand combat, we assume that there is always multiple attackers that you have to deal with. And so just like in hand-to-hand combat with multiple attackers, you can oftentimes use your the person that you're fighting, that one person that you're fighting there, you can use them either as a shield or put them in between you and the other attackers. You can use that person's body for putting for, for starting other tactics that you have there. So with that same concept, if you're facing one person, let's say that I'm in close, we're, we're right at touching level here. I can essentially, if you, if you look at standing straight, if I turn my body and I don't care. Um, so if I'm right-handed and I'm, and I'm standing um, in front of somebody, essentially what I'm going to do, I'm going to turn clockwise. I want you to try to imagine this. Okay. You've got your machete in your right hand. Okay. I'm standing straight in front of somebody. What I'm going to do is now I'm going to keep my left leg stationary, my left foot stationary, and I'm going to turn, I'm going to take my right leg and I'm going to turn my entire body clockwise, spinning, maintaining contact with, with my attacker's body. I'm going to maintain that contact and essentially spin around the side of his body until my back is against his back. Okay, so I want you to first understand what the move looks, what the body movement looks like. Okay, so I'm standing there. I've got the machete in my right hand. I'm going to plant my left foot. I'm going to swing my right foot around clockwise as I spin my body around his body until basically my back is uh, is against his back. Okay, that's the body movement. Now, at the same time that I'm doing this, my machete, which is in my right hand, is using my body's momentum, and I'm taking that and making a large, wide, circular strike all the way out in front of me, 
And as I'm coming around this, as I'm come, spinning around his body and I'm coming around to his back, I'm going to finish that movement with the, with the machete, keeping all of that speed and momentum and the force of my body spinning. And I'm going to do a low leg hack right at like, if, if I'm standing, if I started off standing in front of him, it would be the back of his, the back or side of his left leg. Okay. So now what I like about this is one, if there was anybody behind me, I quit this, this move can be done very quickly. And I just quickly put this attacker in between me and the person that was a try was coming up from behind me, whether I knew it or not. So essentially it creates movement. So I'm not stationary, just waiting for somebody to come away and strike away at me. It keeps my body moving, moving. It puts the attacker in, um, that I was fighting He's behind me, but he's now got a, a gigantic gash in his leg, if he even has all of his leg there, right? Um, so he's not going to be able to stand on that leg at all. He is going to hit the ground. He's going, he's going to be out of fight instantly. His body is going to be between me and anybody behind me, or that was in front of him, that was coming up behind me. But now I'm also facing behind him. So if there are any other attackers beyond him, or if I'm able to exit the situation. I'm able to escape that scenario. I can get behind him and just start running from there and be able to get out of the area. And he can't follow me. If he was the only attacker, I can make my exit out of the area and he is not going to be able to find me because I just struck him at a place that he was unable to defend. It happened lightning fast and he's not going to be able to, uh, to be able to stand that light. He is out of the fight. And if there's anybody else there, they're going to have to get through him to try and run after me at that point also. So there's a lot of different options here. And when we're in the combat machete camps, we bring people through a lot of movement because a moving target is really hard to be able to pin down and be able to strike or even shoot. So it is possible to be able to use the machete in any kind of combat here. But movement is key for both creating force, creating momentum, and be able to not be as much of a target and get you out of the situation there. All right. Okay. Did you have anything else to add to that, Damon? I know this. Um, we just we just went through a bunch of stuff in um in in combat yeah, machete yeah. camp. But anything you wanted uh, to add to that at all? Yeah, I just want to say that the movement that you're describing, it it and you're being very descriptive, which makes it sound a little bit more um a little a little more complicated than what it really is. Um, uh, what I've noticed is kind of thinking about it, and I something that I would compare it to, and I've seen this seen and I'm not really a football fan myself, but I've seen football players do like a similar a similar movement when they're getting around someone where it's like as yeah. force is coming yeah. forward, you kind of roll with that force. And if you guys can imagine that same kind of uh, I mean when I say rolling, I don't mean rolling on the ground, but like um uh pivoting. Pivoting would probably be a better word. You kind of pivot with that force and that pivot actually adds uh force and momentum to your machete strike to the back of the leg or where whatever other target you're going for. So it, it may sound a little bit more complicated than what it really is, but it is a very quick uh, dynamic movement uh, that, that Jeff is describing. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. That's a really great analogy too. Yeah. Okay, everybody. So listen, um, that is, those are the four co uh, close combat machete tactics, but I got something special here for you right now. We've never done this before. This is something I want to start doing with the, uh, the guests that we bring on the show. And it is basically the potpourri lightning round here. So I basically have three questions. I, I always like to just know kind of um, other things about our guests that mm, wouldn't normally come out in any sort of a tactical talk or survival talk or anything like that. Um, so 
Damon, I have three questions here for you, man. This is a lightning round, so just whatever comes to mind. I mean, you can give it a little bit of thought, but hey, man, this is uh, these should be close. Uh, you might have to remember a few of these things. Like question number one, okay. What was your favorite cartoon as a kid? Favorite cartoon as a kid would have to be Transformers. Yeah, we're dating ourselves now, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> you, can, you can tell. If you said, um, who is the damn, um, like, Clarabelle the Clown or something like that, like, Howdy Doody. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, actually, uh, actually, G-Force would probably be my, my favorite cartoon oh, uh, yeah. all, all around, actually. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. All right, question number two. What was the most badass car that you've ever owned? <laughs> the most badass car that I've ever owned. Uh-huh. Um, it would have to be a uh, Toyota Camry 1986. I had it in the late 19, <laughs> late 1990s. And it took me on a very, very long, dangerous trip, got me back home safely and then died in town. So it, it, it was a, an old warrior. <laughs> did its job. It did its job, yeah. Yeah. Okay, last question here. What is your favorite Game of Thrones character that's not Jon Snow? All right. Okay. So my favorite Game of Thrones character would have to be, that's not Jon Snow, would have to be, I'm going to get some flack for this, has to be probably Jamie Lannister. <laughs> yeah. I know you're, I, like you're, I know you're a huge Game of Thrones fan. I am. I am. <laughs> were you happy with the Were you happy with the ending, or uh, were you one of the disgruntled uh, Game of Thrones fans? Oh, I'm I'm still very very disgruntled right now. <laughs> yeah, it was that was a that was a, a hard 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 blow, uh, to say the least. Um, well, the, 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 go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, don't worry. They have like 27 spinoffs that I know are going to be coming up from the ending. So yeah, they're they're, they're coming. Yeah. Uh, the reason why I like uh, Jamie Lannister is is uh, I think that he's probably as a character. Like, I like him as a character. I don't really like him as a person. Um, I think that he has like the most powerful redemptive arc of the whole series, mm-hmm. and um, you know, so I, I kind of really appreciated his growth as a character, even though like as a modern person, um, his actions are completely you know reprehensible. Uh, but his growth as a character has been very amazing. So um, that's why I would choose him as my kind awesome. of rooting for him. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think everybody was rooting for him. And then yeah, then we weren't. But uh, yeah, cool. Right. All right. Listen, everybody. Um, listen, you got to go over and check out. I just... Um, I just saw Damon. I just saw your uh, your new website up there with all of the different weapons that you're making now for um, all the different fighting arts that you've done all this research on. You're re- really, I mean, you've, you're a real power here in resurrecting a lot of long lost martial arts and long lost weapons that are out there from around the world. And so, I was really uh, the catalog of weapons that you make those safe training heads for is really is really impressive, man. So, uh, so kudos to that. Listen, everybody, if you're into any sort of bladed weapons, or if you're looking for more training, whether it's hand-to-hand or any sort of um, edge weapon combat, definitely go over and check out Damon's stuff. He's got, I mean, truly, I mean, it was really kind of unique because when I was looking for somebody to develop this uh, combat macheting fighting system with me, I was willing to travel anywhere around the country and fly there and go develop this system with somebody and go train with somebody that really knew what they were doing. Problem was I searched and searched and searched. I couldn't find anybody. And it just happened to be that the one person I finally found, and I was just like, 
it's not possible somebody actually tra- trains with a machete like this. Happened to be just about in my backyard in Austin, Texas. And uh, from that point on, Damon and I just got together and we just worked through this thing and it was freaking awesome. So definitely go over and check over his website at www.silentsword.org. And until our next Modern Combat Survival broadcast, this is Jeff Anderson saying prepare, train, and survive. modern combat and survival. survival we hope you've enjoyed the show you can help us out by rating our podcast on itunes and leaving a comment you can check us out on facebook at facebook.com backslash modern combat and survival and don't forget to claim your free subscription to modern combat and survival magazine at www.moderncombatandsurvival.com lock and load and we'll see you next time This has been Modern Combat and Survival.